What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. More Elon again. How Musk might shape social media with one guy who's done it. Reddit co-founder and venture capitalist Alexis Ohanian. I think at the end of the day, he just genuinely cares about Twitter and believes that he can use his position now on the board and as an investor to influence it in ways that he thinks are going to make it more successful in the long term. Plus, all the news and what gets us squawking. Let me get you some information on that. Okay. Like Ukraine's message to Western leaders, Union's new moment, and Warren Buffett's Berkshire makes some really big buys. $4.2 billion they spent on HP, $11.6 billion they spent on the insurer Allegheny, and then about $6.4 billion on building up that stake in Occidental Petroleum. Never a dull day on Squawk Box. What? Ruffle butts. I'm not going to say anything about who it's for or, who it's, or, or it's what it means. Me, and it's not for you. It's Thursday, April 7th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Shares of HP soaring this morning after Berkshire Hathaway revealed a new stake of about 11.4% in the computing company. The position in the personal computing company is worth about $4.2 billion based on yesterday's close. Yesterday, though, at the close, the stock had been down by about 3% during the session. You can see right now it's indicated up more than 15%. This filing uh, was revealed after the close of trading yesterday. Shares are at $40.40. This is the third big investment by Berkshire since Buffett's annual shareholder letter at the end of February, when the famed investor said of the equity markets, little excites us. Well, that was then. This is now. And uh, if you start adding it up, at that point, they had about $140 billion in cash. It was a big war chest. Uh, Buffett said at the time that, uh, look, we've had periods in the past where we've built up war chests like this. They never last. And that's certainly the case this time. So you add up what they've gotten so far. That was $4.2 billion they spent on HP, $11.6 billion they spent on the insurer Allegheny, and then about $6.4 billion on building up that stake in Occidental Petroleum. All of that together adds up to a little more than $22 billion. So they still have a pretty big war chest that's right. there. But these are some so stakes. So what, do you, think, what do you think of HP, though? Is HP Apple or is HP IBM for I Warren Buffett? I, I, it's going to take a while right? to see. Yeah. It, no, it's a fa- to me, HP's one, been one of the, it's been like a journey. It's, it's almost one, like a journey it's stock. It's only one Apple and there's a lot of IBMs. Well, and that's the question, right? And, and how sticky is this business? I mean, he loves a great sticky business. Apple clearly was a sticky business. He thought IBM was a sticky business. It wasn't actually a sticky business. And just how he thinks about technology to me is such always a fascinating thing because he's been reticent and then he's, I guess, in the last 10 it's a years. a rare company to stay relevant. And, and we know what H&P stand for. And those guys were... Hewlett and Packard. When was that? Yep. That yeah. was like... 50s and 60s. But maybe the argument is... Icons icons in in Silicon Valley when they did it. But yes, it goes back a very long... Oh, oh. Hewlett and Packard. (laughs) 
<laughs> different icon. Different icon. I see how I have that name, isn't it? It is. Carl the icon icon. Yeah. Foreign Minister Kuleba, De Dimitro, welcome to NATO. It's always a great pleasure to welcome you here. We admire your courage, your leadership. Uh, you personally, but also the government of Ukraine, the people of Ukraine, what you do every day, standing up against uh, the Russian aggression is something that inspires the whole world. I came to Brussels to participate in the NATO ministerial and to hold bilateral meetings with allies. Let's talk about uh, the latest in Ukraine. The country's foreign minister met with G7 and NATO members overnight in a bid to gather more support for the fight against Russia. My agenda is very simple. It has only three items on it. It's weapons, weapons, and weapons. He asked specifically for planes, missiles, armored vehicles, and heavy air defense systems. Yesterday, the U.S. announced new sanctions, banning all new investment in Russia, and putting uh, forth blocking sanctions on two of the country's largest banks. The U.S. will also sanction two of Vladimir Putin's adult daughters and family members of other top Russian officials. Thinking about that, it, it, yeah. it would be weird to be Vladimir Putin's daughter right now. You certainly wouldn't want to, like, be out and about talking. Yeah. Right, but at this point, you're, you're sanctioning them, not because you think somehow, and I think the whole idea that you were going to sanction the oligarchs, or sanction the family members, to somehow influence him, I don't think that's, I think it's actually because it's his money. But, that, but that's, that's the where thing. the money the, is. The point it's is, his is money. you are making sure that none of them can transfer their wealth right. to their adult children and, and then have a way of kind of getting, getting the money it back out to, and around. Right. This is, this I is guess we still, be serious We still it. don't know the, what, what, how people think about this in Russia, given what they see and what they hear and what they're allowed to see. But as the losses uh, here, now, of Russian soldiers this is continue. Christianity. This is some type of Christianity. But as the losses in Russian soldiers add up, and they've added up well, very yeah, quickly. They have, those soldiers have mothers and yes, fathers and right. brothers and, and sisters. And that is and, what gets back. And you have to imagine that that is causing some serious strife. Lately, people have been saying this is years. This is years. And I just, is it? I, I hope not. I'm in that category. I mean, I'm in that, I so hope the, that category and years at the same time. And he gets the East, right? And that's, that's for starters, because, and, you know, we don't know. It's all conjecture. Train station uh, came to Miami City Hall. They said, Mr. Mayor, we want to do something radical. We started talking about the differences between what's happening in New York and what I want to say was previously the finance capital of the world. And I, 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 I gave you the Miami Bull, the Bull Center, the capital of Thousands of uh, cryptocurrency enthusiasts are gathering in Miami. Uh, they will network with dozens of companies vying to develop blockchain technology. I'm trying to steal Wall Street's spot there, huh? Crappy Bitcoin down at 43. What do you think of the bull? You like it? Are you into it? The what? The digital bull. Oh, 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 right. In Miami, it's, it's, it's supposed to be evocative, obviously, of our bull on Wall Street with the Put a little digital girl in. aspects of all of it. But it has cooler Standing eyes. like that, yeah. Is someone going to stand up to that? Is, is she gone or is she still there? The little I haven't been down there in a while, but my guess is she's still there. She's no, there. I think that there were, I thought, her? I think they had to move her. There was a whole brouhaha over having to move her. We'll have to remember, ask the squawk on the street crew. Because State Street, no, no, because State Street was the sponsor of it. And um, remember the mayor, it was actually the, uh, the, our last mayor, 
who loved her and then had to move her at the same time. And it was very um, sort of controversial. Let me get you some information uh, on that. Okay. Anything to bring up the former mayor? I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I did that. And the SEC is investigating how Amazon disclosed its business practices. That's according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. A topic of focus will include how the e-commerce giant uses third-party seller data in the development of its own in-house brands. A spokesperson for Amazon telling the journal that there is, quote, no factual basis for the claim of using other sellers' data. But I have to admit, I was looking for a certain type of bathing suits for little kids yesterday, ruffle butts. You get a few ruffle butts and then you get all these knockoff brands that are and supposed to look I've never like heard it. of that brand before. Oh, it's really cute. It's for little girls. Um, by the way, it was moved, but it was originally it was set against the bull. Oh, and now it's on the side. And now the they've stage. moved it to the, to the side. Yeah. And then there was another debate, which I don't believe has been resolved, about whether it needed to be moved again. Okay. No, I, I know it was moved to the side. I didn't know if it was gone from there. Hmm. What? According to the folks at Wikipedia, by Ruffle the way. Ruffle butts. I, I it's just, a really cute brand. I, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I believe really you. Cute. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything Clearly about who it's popular. for or, who it's, or, or what it means. Me. And it's not for you. It's well, got ruffles I, on the rear. I don't really know. I, I am not familiar with them. How do you know it's not for me? Um, me. I'm on the website. It's not, not for, for you. you. <laughs> Trust me. You can't, you can't unsee it, even though, uh, you, you know, even imagining it. You can't even unsee what you've imagined. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod. They say Twitter isn't real life, but then the world's richest man takes a big stake in the company and we can't stop talking about it. What Elon Musk's move means for Twitter, the platform's relevance, impact, and evolution, with someone who helped shape social media, Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian. At least in the tech industry, and it sounds like others, it's an indispensable part of doing work, for building a reputation, for building a name for yourself, for just presenting the work that you do and talking to your users. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC. You know by now, Elon Musk took a 9.2% stake in Twitter, and like the rest of the internet, we're obsessed. It's a huge deal for Twitter and for tweeters alike, but is it a big deal for Elon himself? Musk has some ride-or-die fans, and one of those is billionaire investor Ron Barron, the ultimate Tesla bull, if you will. He's got over 12% of his nearly $50 billion in assets under management in Tesla stock. He started investing in Musk just shy of a decade ago, and he's not backing down now. I thought we would make you know 20 times our money in this investment. 
And what do you know? Uh, we invested $380 million, and uh, between 2014 and 2016, the average price was then about $40 a share. And we've made um, about, um, you know, about a billion dollars, about you know, 20 times so far. So we made about $6 billion. So, naturally, we asked Ron Barron this morning on Squawk Box whether Musk's move into social media was cause for concern among his Tesla shareholders. I think it's meaningless. Because? It's a tiny investment, $3 billion for a man who's worth $300 billion. Uh, he has uh, you know, Tesla, which is worth a trillion, on the way to being worth three or four trillion dollars. There's no way this can be anything meaningful to him. Now, that's the shareholder's point of view, but just because it's a drop in the bucket for Elon Musk and his portfolio doesn't mean it's meaningless to Twitter or to social media on the whole. That brings us to our next interview with Alexis Ohanian. He's a venture capitalist who co-founded Reddit in 2005. Becky kicks things off. Alexis, it's great to see you this morning. Great to see you, Becky. How you doing? Good. So what, what's your take on this? What, what does Elon Musk getting involved mean for the public spaces and the public voice, and what does it mean for the stock? I, uh, look, Elon's a very smart guy. I do think at times we, uh, we may overanalyze some of these moves. I, I think at the end of the day, he cares deeply about the platform. He's very good at using the platform. I, I hear the argument that it is beneficial for, uh, for Tesla, for sort of just keeping the mimetic relevance of all things Elon Musk going. But I think at the end of the day, he just genuinely cares about Twitter and believes that he can use his position now on the board and as an investor to influence it in ways that he thinks are going to make it more successful in the long term. And we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So this is, I am, I'm wrapped with attention watching because it, a, a lot of this does get as, as smart as he is, as accomplished as he is, uh, the nuance of actually building platforms that can scale when user behavior is as varied as it is on the internet uh, is a whole different can of worms. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Yeah, it's not just those um, sort of hurdles that, that you're very familiar with, but I would say public scrutiny, regulatory scrutiny, congressional scrutiny are all amped up at this point on anything that comes to social media. And those are some very new sort of um, headwinds to take on too. For sure, for sure. And I think, look, this is going to be a really important next couple of years because we're seeing social media very much uh, sort of challenged and reshaped by new ideas that are emerging from Web3. Uh, this notion of decentralization is particularly appealing to folks who are looking for channels uh, to basically broadcast their message uh, and, and not have to feel like it's at the mercy. All their followers, all their likes is not at the mercy of a single platform, right? For 15 years, we've all spent a lot of time and a lot of energy creating value for centralized platforms. And we don't really control our community. We don't really have our followers. We, you know, at the end of the day, they belong to the platform. And, um, and that is a weird, weird position given how valuable we know audience is these days. Why, why did you step away from Reddit? I mean, was it getting too complicated? Had, had you kind of been there, done that? Was, was it worries about what the next step is? No, look, you know, like I said back then and still believe now, I wanted to make sure I was in a position uh, to be able to do the things that I felt were the right things to do for the business, for, for society. And being one vote out of many on a board, as I think Elon will also see, is, a, is an interesting proposition, especially as the founder 
I, I realized, uh, you know, when, when you know things are right, when you know things are the right move, uh, sometimes you just want to be able to get them done. And, uh, and I, I found myself in a much better position here now with 776 because I, I can't actually act on those things. But I, I do think going forward, you know, it, it's when, when the social media experiment started, no one really understood or expected it. This, you know, back in 2005, the effect that it would have on, on everything, on every part of our society, and even at a most basic level, if you think of just how valuable audience is to so many people, whether it's someone who is building a following of people who love their cooking online or, or Elon Musk and people who love his company, um, there's a ton of value tied up in, in uh, a platform that really the actual creators, the people who create that value have little to no effect on. Hey, Alexis, uh, given what you're saying about sort of the dynamics on boards, I was speculating earlier or maybe yesterday that I feel like Elon will either become the chairman and CEO of this company, perhaps in the next, you know, six, 12 months, <laughs> or, or maybe we'll take his ball and go home because uh, mm. he's somebody who historically has wanted to control things. Mm. What do you think of yeah. that? Well, look, it, it is, and I, I look, I can't dismiss his, his success, his acumen as businessman, whether it's electric cars uh, or, or all things SpaceX is phenomenal. The way to get those companies built I've never done it. I've invested in a few companies who have, but you know, it's very much top down. I, I do think there's a whole host of things we have found. The wisdom of the crowds, very, very effective at building community-led businesses, I think abound these days. But trying to build re reusable rockets, trying to build and and revive an auto industry in the United States, like that, that takes a special kind of leadership and I think a different kind of company management style. Social media companies, I, I was fond of saying, even back in 05, when people thought it was very weird, that to be CEO of Reddit required me to also be a, a kind of head of state and, and to balance these two needs. The business needs of the company, which are obviously always most important, but right behind it were the needs and wants of the community. And it's a very different type of leadership role. And, uh, and so I wouldn't encourage, as successful as Elon is, I wouldn't encourage him to jump into that executive chair. Um, but I do think it's going to be fascinating to watch uh, because I, I'm optimistic. You know, It's been shocking to me how much time I spend on Twitter personally. In the last few years, it has become the epicenter, at least in the tech industry, of work. I've, I've watched people go from total random people on the internet to within a couple of years having real voices, real followings. I mean, even but why do you think it hasn't had more funds. success then, Alexis? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I use it like that, like you do, but I, I, I don't know if I'm an outlier. Yeah, well, look, we're definitely in a bubble. I, I, I concede the fact that like the goings on, at least at the tech industry or maybe the media industry, we're, we're insulated from a much larger economy. Um, but I, I don't have an easy answer for that. Um, I think capturing the value in, in, in a platform like that is, is it shouldn't be ad based, let's say. And, and we're kind of moored to the, the, the ad models of 15 years ago that are looking less and less appealing. And, and I think, I think we haven't figured the right business model for it. I think we've gotten close with things like the super follow and, and maybe some of these Twitter blue programs, like a sort of membership subscription, but uh, they clearly haven't figured it out. Um, but what's undeniable is that at least in the tech industry, and it sounds like others, it's an indispensable part of doing work uh, for, for building a reputation, for building a name for yourself, for just presenting the work that you do and talking to your users. Hey, Alexis, uh, you recently founded something called the 776 Foundation that's different than the venture capital firm. Um, yeah. You did this as a way to kind of inspire young 
inventors and entrepreneurs, people like you, but instead of going into social media like you did when you started out, you're, you're doing this to incentivize people to come up with climate change solutions. Why, why don't you explain a little bit about that? Sure. I kicked it off. Uh, this will be the first of many donations, but kicked it off with a $20 million donation uh, that we're going to spend over the next 10 years, giving 20 young people $100,000 and a community and support to, to, you know, take time away from school or maybe drop out altogether. This wasn't in a lot of ways inspired by the Till Fellows, but with an explicit focus on taking a big swing uh, to fight climate change. And, and I feel very fortunate. We on the venture side, get to invest in founders who have, you know, got a little bit more experience, who started building and, and shipping potentially huge businesses. And I just thought this is a sort of, this is a chance to build almost a farm league uh, to basically say, look, you know, take this money, use it for whatever you need to just be able to focus for a couple of years getting started. And we've gotten hundreds and hundreds of applications from folks all over the world. I mean, inspiring stuff from people who, who want to build new technology for reforestation, um, uh, folks who want to do uh, direct air capture of carbon, um, all the way to, to sort of more activism type movement. And, um, and it's exciting. I, I think it is one of the biggest threats right now is a feeling of helplessness among our youth uh, with regard to the planet, let's say in particular. And we need more inspiring young people who are way smarter than I was taking really big swings to make really awesome businesses or really awesome things to solve problems. We, we can't just be helpless. We have to be building. We have to be shipping. We have to be working. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just so motivated by these applications that I can't wait to share uh, who the winners are going to be this summer. Well, we look forward to hearing more about that and uh, look forward to talking to you before then, too. Alexis, thanks for being with us this morning. My pleasure. See you on Twitter. By the way, great microphone. It's so nice to hear that, that it must be a podcast <laughs> microphone. It sounds so mm. much better than the computer microphones I've gotten used to people hearing on on these Zoom things. Well done. Only the best for y'all. Coming up on Squawk Pod. By the way, Amazon, here we come. President Biden throwing his support behind unions after the historic vote of Amazon workers to organize. So what's next? The moment is now because of the pandemic. There is a movement that says, OK, we stayed and we did these jobs when everybody else was working at home and we got temporary pay increases. And their point is they would like to see permanent pay increases. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. You're listening to Squawk Pod. This is Becky's mic. Straight up, I'm Becky. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. President Biden expressing support for efforts to unionize Amazon workers. This after one of the company's warehouses voted to join a union last week. 
Here's what he had to say at a trade union conference just yesterday. That's what unions are about, in my view, about providing dignity and respect for people who bust their neck. That's why I created the White House Task Force on Worker Organization Empowerment, to make sure the choice to join a union belongs to workers alone. And by the way, By the way, Amazon, here we come. Watch. The president endorsing a union drive across the country, but uh, stopped short of naming Amazon specifically until now. What do you think? What do you think? I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the push for unions now in part because the sh there's a major shift in the workers that are at these places, meaning a lot of these have become these sort of temporary jobs. You know, just even the, the sense of what a union is anymore. It used to be you'd, you know, you'd be unionized because you'd be there for 10, 15, 20 years. We're now in this new universe where people are in a job for two years, three years. By the way, it may be that workers need more protection under those circumstances because they're not invested well, in the look, same I think way. The moment so, is now because of the pandemic, because these were the workers who were on the front oh, lines, whether that was at a Starbucks, right. whether that was 100%. at an Amazon warehouse, whether that was at the grocery store, there is a movement that says, okay, we stayed and we did these jobs when everybody was else, else was working at home. And we got temporary pay increases, and their point is they would like to see permanent pay increases for some of these. I think you're right that these are temporary jobs. Just last week, they had interviews one of the Starbucks baristas who said, I may not be here long term, but I want to fight to make sure right. that these that others work can. for it. Now, I think the question is, what's going to show up? And I, I think if you look at the numbers of anything that's happened, like the Amazon warehouse vote, I was shocked to read the one, not, not the one here in Staten Island, but the one down south that they did. There were something like 6,500 workers, and I don't have the numbers exact, but there were something like 6,500 workers. There were like 1,000 workers who voted for it and 1,000 workers who voted for it, against it. And there were the vast majority who didn't vote at all. Just, just like the rest up. of our country. Right, and union membership has dropped to something like 10.3 or 10.4%. Right. It's the lowest level that you've ever seen, despite this movement that says, okay, this is the moment for these things. I, we'll see. We'll, right. we'll see if there is more apathy or if there's a, a real movement for the workers themselves to want to do this. The two parties view, to some extent, <coughs> view corporations differently. I get a little tired of, of sort of, uh, it, it's almost like cliched, but what you hear, I, I have a half full view of Amazon in terms of everything that, that it's not, I don't even use it. I, I don't like the way the guys, I, do. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't like the way the guys park their trucks on either side, of, facing like they'll be on the my side of the street facing me when, when I'm driving, and I, so I'm not sure. And they're just parked there; they're like six feet from the curve because they're Amazon guys, and they got it. They've got they a got lot it. to do. They've got. They're I know on they the do. clock. I they're know they do. But you know, I'm trying to get around. The traffic them has increased. Are, I, I, I just noticed this. Traffic has but, increased from the delivery. But trucks, no, seriously, I agree for business. I don't know. Do you, do you target Amazon and, and act like we're coming for you because you're such a bad guy? It's just it gets tiring. It gets tiring. There is a new bill in Congress that would add unruly passengers to a TSA no-fly list. Under this legislation, those convicted of assaulting crew members aboard an aircraft could be barred from TSA pre-check and global entry programs or added to the no-fly list. Last year, the FAA received nearly 6,000 reports of unruly behavior. Currently, individual airlines maintain lists of passengers who are barred from traveling on those planes, but not lists that are shared among carriers, and that may be the next thing. Just bad behavior in the air, uh, 
<laughs> Terrible situations do, like what this. What do I do for the pre-check, Andrew? What do I, because I go and they always say, you don't have TSAP, I don't have, what do I do? Is it a website or something or do well, I sign up? Let the, me just say, uh, you might want to even get clear at this point, though I find getting even in the clear line sometimes is, takes longer than sometimes getting the TSA pre-check I, I line. I got a clear thing when I was at a golf tournament to, to show yeah. that I was clear. Or, or you need, to show that you, they can track your, your vaccine status too. Can I use that too. to? Uh, no. You, gotta, you no. have to go to the airport and do it. You need to sign up and pay. If I do get to go into TSA pre-check, I get to, is, what's the biggest advantage? You don't have to take your shoes off. I know, I got slip-ons. Or you can wait till you're 75. That's not you Then nobody else can take get their to shoes move. off. The, by the way, the clear service is a great service when it's all working. <laughs> because you actually get to skip the TSA pre-check pre as well. Even the pre-check. For those of you who have a How do you platinum do that? American Express card, okay. they pay for it for free. It's a benefit really? of the card. But, but you got to sign up and do a bunch Don't of you stuff. Don't you have to be at the airport to go through the, the list? The and first time you sign up, you can sign up in about two, I mean, I don't want to be an advertisement for the service. You can sign up in about two seconds at an airport. You don't need to be an advertisement, but can you come over here on break <laughs> sign and, him and up. actually do it for me? <laughs> no, you have to do it at an airport. Next time you yeah, go you, for a flight. You have to be there in person, show up early. You, you don't I don't even know if you need to get, even, as you know, for me, you don't even need to show up early. It literally <laughs> takes two minutes. If you get there, and just walk in, if you have, a, I don't know if you have an American Express card, like, or any card, actually, I think you just, and just pay. I think I have one of those, although I'm not in possession of it. Not someone I know has. I think it's about <laughs> Not my wife, either. Someone I think it's else. about oh, 179 someone else who bucks. has Blake. trouble keeping track of. Yeah. Um, but hilariously, once you do the clear thing, you will find yourself occasionally now in lines on the clear line and realize that the clear line is actually longer than the TSA pre-check line. Well, that sounds. Probably not very often, though. I've actually had it happen a bunch of times recently, really? I thought. Hmm. This is interesting. That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern or catch up with us on Twitter. We know you're there already. Send us a tweet at Squawk CNBC. And if you don't already, please follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us give you the content you crave. That's it. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.